Psalm 77. We don't have it on the screen. You're just going to have to get to it. Um, Verse 1. Verse 1 says, I cry aloud to God. Aloud to God and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. Look at this. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. But look, my soul refuses to be comforted. So this is one of those, like, and if I'm describing you, you're going, yes, I know what it looks like. There is a, there's a seeking after God, right? He says, I know that if I cry aloud to God, that God is going to hear me. And he says, my hand is stretched out without wearying. You imagine an outstretched hand reaching for something, right? There's, uh, there's, there's a reach, a grabbing, there's a desperation um, in this moment. But he says, but also my soul refuses to be comforted. Though I'm seeking the Lord, though I'm going after him, there's still trouble in my soul, Okay. Remember, what is your soul? Name them. Come on. I'm going to pull the board out. Where is it? They took it. No. (laughs) Right? It's our mind, will, and emotions. So when there's trouble in our soul, it doesn't doesn't neglect the fact that we're we're reaching for God. Like there is a a, a grasping for Him and, and relentless too. This isn't because this season hasn't come because God's telling you, you forgot how to seek me. This is actually a season of reward Right, because you have sought him, and he wants to teach you how to seek him in a deeper way. And so there is a a, a desperate seeking, the outstretched hand. But my soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. Those two verses, verse two and verse three, I think describe this better than anything else. If those two things describe you, if you feel like right now your relationship with God uh, is filled with those adjectives, then you may be in a season of hiddenness. Verse 4, you, you hold my eyelids open. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Those words are so uh, accurate for this season. And I know that from my perspective and probably from yours, when he says, uh, let me remember my song in the night, let me meditate in my heart, like God, there's got to be something that happens here. God, let, bring back something of old. Let me remember this song that I had with you. Let, me, let something happen, even in the night, even as my eyes are closed, let something happen where you and I connect again, right? Do you hear this? I mean... Really, if you put this in the context of a love relationship uh, between a man and a woman, you, like you would, you would see the longing of someone who desperately loves somebody else, right? That's really the context. This is this is a uh, someone who's crying out because of a deep love in their heart and a desire uh, for that love to be rekindled, to return. Like something is missing, something is wrong. I cry out, something is wrong, right? And then I love this, the last passage of verse 6. It says, then my spirit made a diligent search. And I want to tell you that that is where, um, man, that's where this has to occur. So first, first let's, just, let's just set the record straight, okay? If you identify with those first passages I've read, if you identify with what I'm talking about when I talk about God being in a season of hiddenness, and you go, okay, let me, let me check some things. So here's a few checks. First, are you saved? That is an accurate and good question. If you're going, where is God? It's good to know that if I'm saved, then it's an absolute promise that he is near. Okay? So check. 
Have I ever known him for salvation? Have I ever come to Jesus for salvation? Have I ever repented and believed on Jesus for salvation? If that's true, the word says that this Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation and he lives in us and will never leave you or forsake you. So the first thing you've got to do, if you're going to check that box, yes, I'm a believer, but I'm not feeling God. You can't go, he's removed himself from me because he will never remove himself from you. Right? You with me? That should be an assurance to some of you that are in this season. Because sometimes you go, what's wrong with me, right? And then you've got to recognize that the scripture is clear. Jesus said it to the woman at the well. What did he say? How, do, how are true worshipers going to worship God? How are we going to seek him? In what? In mind, will, and emotions? In what? Spirit and in truth, right? What God wants to do, what God wants to establish in you is the same thing that was established in Jesus as Jesus did ministry. One of Jesus, I mean, I, I go to this verse all the time. I only do what I see my father do. The father loves me and shows me everything, right, that he is doing. Jesus knew, and you look at the, you look at the ups and downs of Jesus's life, right? There were some good times, but mostly there were some really rough days, right? People that he, that said they loved him, betraying him, right? Physical torture, being uh, left alone, like people that, that he took off and said, look, will you stand, watch with me and pray? And he found them sleeping. I mean, there were, there were tough days. There were 40 days alone in the wilderness being tempted by the enemy. Jesus had lots of these moments where I'm sure he wasn't just gleeful in his soul, right? Right? But Jesus knew something. He knew that how he felt didn't determine the nearness of God or his ability to seek him. And God wants to establish that in you. God's got to teach you how to go beyond the place of emotion and get to him in the hard days. Who went to Haiti? Anybody go to Haiti? Yeah, I'm sure you probably experienced, um, and maybe not even for yourself, but you looked upon a people that knew how to seek God by the spirit and truth, regardless of a circumstance, right? This is a beautiful gift. It's a beautiful gift to know how to, how to uh, seek the Lord, how to be near to him, how to recognize his nearness, and how to go after him even in hard circumstances, even when you don't feel it, right? Even when that song they're playing on, uh, on Sunday morning in your song and you just don't feel it, can you seek the Lord? And he wants to establish that in you. But to do that, he's got to teach you how to seek him out by the Spirit. So this key, right? The psalmist says, Then my spirit made a diligent search. And listen to these questions. Listen to verse 7. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? How many of you have ever thought those things? You can, you can admit it in church. I'm just like, you can totally admit it in church. I've thought about four of those in the last two weeks. Okay? When did we get to a place in our uh, modern Christianity where we felt like these cries were not okay? When did we get to a place where we felt like in the anguish of our soul, lifting our voice and crying out to God and going, where did you go? Why is that not okay anymore? 
Why can't we ask God, have you forgotten promises? How many, how many of the great saints and prophets of old asked God that very question? Only to have God respond in a deep and meaningful way. Right? We've, we've, we've felt like to ask any questions, especially questions in the church, is a negative thing. Right? I can't have questions. I can't have doubts about God's nearness. I can't question him with the hard things. Uh, so we've removed questions. And I think because we've removed questions, we've removed an important mechanism that drives us deeper into the Lord. How many people have you gotten to know well without asking a question? Is that fair? I really hope they tell me everything I need to know because I'm not asking any questions, right? That makes a lot of sense. You ought to get married on those terms, right? Never asking a question. That's foolish. That's not acceptable in any other form of relationship. But for some reason, we felt like we're too prim and proper here to ask questions. It's, it's too messy to bring a hard question before God. Do you know that he's absolutely able to handle whatever you bring to him? He's not shocked by it. He's not dismayed. He doesn't see you differently. I would say it's the opposite, that the desire of God is to welcome questions because a question means there's a seeking heart. There's somebody that wants to know me deeper. How strange would it be if my children never asked me any questions? I wouldn't be able to go very long without thinking I'm not doing a very good job parenting, right? Questions are good, and he asks these questions, and they're tough ones. I just want to tell you that in this season of hiddenness, it is absolutely okay to not just ask quietly, but ask uh, adamantly the Lord these, these questions. To spill your heart before him, to say, where have you gone? What is going on here? Have you forgotten me? Have you left? Have you forgotten this situation? Where are you, God? Because what you do is you position yourself for a response. If you're asking from the heart, if you're seeking in the spirit, then you position yourself from a response. And look at this, look at this response. Look at the journey that this man takes. It says in verse 10, Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. So he says, I'm going to seek out the answer, and the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look at God's track record. Right? He says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all of your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. And then he says, he's going to go, verse 15, he's going to start speaking about their rescue from the children, I mean, from from Egypt. He says, you with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. And look at this verse 19. Your way was through the sea. Your path through the great waters. He's speaking of the uh, parting of the Red Sea. Look at this next word. Yet your footprints were unseen. Your way was through the sea. So he describes this phenomenal display in the heavens. And he says, your, your way was actually through the sea. You parted the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. Was he being made manifest or was he hidden? Right? Look at what happened. He said, you were nowhere to be found. 
You were not perceivable by the naked eye. We saw this phenomenal display in the heavens. We saw you part the seas in a miraculous way, but your footprints were nowhere to be found. Where were you, right? You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and of Aaron. In these days of hiddenness, if you're in there now or if you're... I want to just hopefully, if you're not there now or if you've never been there, or if you're looking back at a time where you were there and you freaked out and it's going to come again and God, it's okay. Um, if you flipped out and like didn't handle it well, it's okay. It'll come again. Um, but what I want you to do, I want you to not be as shocked next time. I want to try to save you from the flip out, I'm, something's wrong with me moment and give you some practical, like stay calm, right? Stay calm. God is here. There is a requirement that you must diligently search by the Spirit. Know this, that God wants to teach you how to search deeply in the Spirit. And the thing that will continue to stabilize you in these days, because sometimes they're going to last a long time. This one for me that I'm in right now, um, like I said, I'm ready. Like, let's get done with this. It's, uh, it's been a while, but the thing that is stabilizing, and he goes back to it. What does he say I'm going to look at? What does he say I'm going to rely on? He said, I'm going to remember what? I'm going to remember the deeds of the Lord. I'm going to remember what you've already done. I'm going to remember who you are. Knowing who you are here, because you never change, has to translate to who you are right now. Because I want to tell you, in these, in these moments where you're not feeling God, it's very easy to begin to question His character. It's very, very, very easy to begin to question His reliability, His character. And again, not that these... Not that these questions are bad, but where those questions get answered is in who he's already been. Okay? So what you've got to do is you've got to, without having a solution for today, you've got to look at tomorrow and based on yesterday's testimony or last week's testimony or last month's testimony of the goodness of God, you've got to bring that forward go, he never changes. So even though I don't know what he's doing right now, even though I see the flashes of lightning, I see the waters stirring, I don't know what's happening, the seas are beginning to part, I don't know what's happening, but I know that he's been good before, so he's got to be good now and I'm going to wait on his goodness. Right? You understand what I'm saying? I promise you, I promise you that will stabilize you in the questioning. Again, not that the questioning is bad, but where the questioning finds its answer is who God's been before. We know that he never, ever, ever, ever changes. And the things that will keep you steady are knowing that ultimately he is two things. He says it expressly in the scripture. He says, I am good. Right? God is perfectly good. And, he's, and he says, I am love, right? So the manifestation of goodness is the person of God. Goodness is defined in who he is, right? The same with love, right? He's not loving, he's love. So the person of God is the definition of what love is, of what goodness is. And so what you've got to do is in a moment of confusion, in a moment of not knowing what God's doing in your life, you've got to know this, but you are good. How do I know this this moment is going to be goodness for me? Because God is present and he is good. How do I know that this is love, uh, an act of love and kindness from God to me? Because he is love and he is present. Just because I can't feel him doesn't mean he's not present. He is present, and if he's present, his goodness are there. His love uh, is there because he is those things. All right. Everybody feel okay? 
Is this practical? I hope this is just quite practical. That's what I wanted. All right. <clears throat> so um, I've dealt with this the wrong way before. I'm going to actually get back to my notes here. I've dealt with this the wrong way before. Here's the wrong way to deal with this. Something's wrong with me. A lot of times it's tempting to say, okay, something's wrong with me, and I'm going to fix it by doing more, saying more, ministering more, being better. Okay? Uh, that that is, seems to be our first tendency. Well, God's removed himself because he's disappointed in me, and if I will just perform at a higher level, I'll feel him again. You, don't fe- you never felt him in the first place because you performed. By grace you were saved. This was, had nothing to do with you. God made himself known to you. You fell into his arms. By his grace, you were saved, and he put himself in you. You never earned that, not, not a, one time. If you're in a moment right now where you're experiencing God being tangible, look at me. It's not because you're doing well, right? You're not, you haven't performed your way into a moment of God being tangible. It's because he's a father, and this is a season of growth for you. And if you're in a moment where God is not, you, don't, you can't feel God near, it's not because you perform badly. And the worst thing you can do in this moment is go, okay, I got to be better. I got to wake up early. I got to read more scripture when I wake up. I got to go to church more. I got to memorize more verses. I got to do better on my quiet times. I got oh my gosh. That has been our prescription for all things. And uh, it's, it's failed us. It's failed us. The, the solution here um, has nothing to do with you performing more. Okay. Um, don't panic. I said that a minute ago. Don't panic and worry. So how do you go through these moments? So you've got to be open to the correction of God, and you, want, you, have to, you have to desire it, okay? So, again, I said the first question you need to ask uh, is, am I saved? That's a great checkpoint, okay? Now, I, I'm not saying that from a position, really, of doubt, but just examine that. It, it's, it's really to bolster your faith, to go, yes, I am saved. I know. I know. I confess that Jesus is Lord, so this must be goodness, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's to strengthen you in the moment. The other possibility is, and, and a checkpoint for you, the other possibility sometimes where we get in this moment is where we're refusing to repent for sin. And it will feel somewhat like the hiddenness of God, but it's not. It's that you have refused to repent from something that God has over and over and over and over again shown you. Now, I don't want to create paranoia, now that those of you that just confessed you're in hiddenness, now you're like, shoot, I shouldn't have raised my hand. Now I feel like I'm a sinner, okay? Um, no, it's not the case. But, but, but what I would ask you to look back on is look back on a track record of your prayer life and go, have I in my prayer life and have I been open to God to, to reveal sin in my life, right? What does David pray? Search me, right? Search my heart. Find any wicked thing in me, right? If you've been praying that, God is not pulling the rug out of you right now, uh, out from under you right now and going, ah, I was just kidding, I wasn't going to tell you until now, but now I'm also going to leave, right? He's not cruel. If you've been praying that, you've got to trust that the Holy Spirit will reveal sin in your life. He will make known to you the things you've asked for Him to make known, right? Do you believe that about God? That if you say, God, I want to lay myself bare before you and anything that is unrighteous in me, you have the authority to come and to change it. Don't you know that in His goodness, He's going to say, all right, Let's look at this. If that moment hasn't happened, then don't panic. This isn't about sin. If that moment has happened, then go, okay, this is about repentance, right? Does that make sense? I don't want to confuse. Let's get some nods across the room. All right. Okay. So it shouldn't be the first time you're asking God to show you sin. If you've been asking, you will, you will know it. Okay? Um, if, it, if God is showing you sin in your life, trust the Lord and repent. 
but don't go, don't go on a wild goose chase and trying to sanctify yourself. That is dangerous. Don't go, okay, this must be because I'm sinning. God just hasn't shown me, so I'll find it myself. You cannot sanctify yourself. You cannot see your heart, okay? Only he can. He's, the Spirit of God is the only one that can make you aware of sin and truly lead you on a path of repentance, all right? So don't go on a wild goose chase. That's just as bad as trying to do more Bible study to fix it, okay? You're not going to figure it out, okay? All right. So what I would say, if you're in this moment, ask yourself this question. What is the last thing that you prayed? Before this happened, what is the last thing that you asked God to do? I'll tell you mine. And I, I, now, <laughs> the Lord, it's funny. You learn and then the Lord reminds you what you've learned. And in this moment, it was like, okay, God, I know we're in one of these. Why? And he, and he asked me, and I know this. Ask, what's the last thing I prayed? I know this. But he said, what did you ask me to do? Oh, there it is. All right. So, <laughs> right. So my prayer um, was, God, I, I realized the, how complex I was making my relationship with God. And I realized, I'm going to talk about this a little bit today. Guess what? You get to hear me again down there. I'm so sorry. I know that's awful. But, um, um, and so I'm going to talk about it a little in there. But my prayer was, God, make me a simple man. I realized a couple of things that, that I was created to only love one thing. That everything else in my life was supposed to come from my love from, for one thing. I was only supposed to love God. That's, that's how he built me, to love him and him only. And the other thing was that I was, uh, I'm, I'm a quite simple being. I'm only to be satisfied by one thing, right? So I'm to love one thing, and in loving that one thing, I'm only satisfied by one thing. So my prayer was, I realized that, as Lord opened my eyes to that. I went, okay, God, I get it. Make me simple. Because I'm complex. I try to love multiple things and try to love you more than these other things, but make me simple. I try to be satisfied by you the most, but also be satisfied by these other things. And I don't want that anymore. Make me a simple man. And then, so, and then God said, all right, peace out. I'm leaving your soul, and we're gonna, you're going to you know, seek me deeper by the Spirit. What is the last thing you prayed? If it was anything close to, God, take me deeper with you, then, ta-da, <laughs> right? Right? Are you getting it now? Right? So this is, it's a good thing. This is God responding to your request because your heart is after him. And God's saying, okay, you want to seek me more? And I need to step away. You need to learn what it's like to seek me deeper in the spirit. What did you pray last? This is why I encourage people to journal. Uh, you can go back and you can find what is the last thing I prayed. Sometimes we forget, especially when we're like, man, that slipped out. I didn't, I didn't mean to ask you to do that. You ever done that? Oh, I didn't mean to ask that, God. Sorry. Too late. All right. So after that, um, I, would, I would just say it's quite simple after that. Relax. Relax and submit to the Lord. He is teaching you to trust him. Go to Psalm 17. I want you to see these. I want you to especially look. If you raised your hand and said, I'm in a moment of hiddenness, I want you to go to the pages on your book or on your phone. I want you to touch these words. Psalm 17. So this is just, look, relax, submit. He is teaching you. He is in this. Somebody read verse 3 through 9. You guys just read it out. It'll be on the screen, but somebody just read it out loud. Psalm 17, verse 3 through 9.
Yeah, so you see that that's a, that's a prayer of abiding, right? It's a prayer of confession of how deeply you love God. And then it's th- those last words, and keep me as the apple of, of your eye, hide me in the shadow all right, of your wings. So it's just going, I know this is you. I know this is your goodness. God, keep me in this place. I can't explain it. I can't, you're not, your job's not to explain it, but God, keep me in this place. I know there's refuge in you. Look at Psalm 31. Just slip, a, uh, slip over to the right there just a little bit. In verse 1, it says, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. This is a time for you to take refuge in the Lord. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me. A strong fortress to save me. Relax and submit. He will hide you in the shadow of your wings. He will be your rock. He will be your fortress. Regardless of how you feel, he is true. Look at Psalm 91. This is one of my favorites. Just look at, look at the first two verses. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. You know, really, at the end of the day, this is about trusting the goodness of your Father. Really, what it all will boil down to is we know, we know that we can't make ourselves more like Christ, right? Do you know that? You, you are not, even if you study this book perfectly, you are not going to know how to implement the steps of becoming more like the one you love. There's only one that can do that. It's only God. And he does it by the working of his Holy Spirit. And so at the end of the day, this is not about figuring out what to do next or what to do better. This is about, do I trust the one who I've entrusted my life to, to do what he said he was going to do? And that seems simple. And many of us would quickly scan, you know, scan over that and go, absolutely, I trust God, I trust God, I trust God. And then we're panicking in this moment. And that's why God is still waiting. And I think he's, um, you ever, you know, it's probably not a great movie to quote. You ever seen the movie Goodwill Hunting? Lots of bad words in that movie. Don't go see it, okay? But there's a moment in that show where, um, what's the fellow's name? Matt Damon, yeah. Matt Damon, he's very troubled, and he's in Robin Williams' office, and Robin Williams just grabs him. And he says, it's not your fault. And this dude is fighting, I mean, he's fighting mad. He's just, you can just see his body. It's a wonderful acting job. He's just extremely tense, and he says, it's not your fault. Again, again, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. He repeats this several times, and then finally what you see is you begin to see this big, uh, tough man begin to just wither in Robin Williams' arms, and, you, and the tears begin to come because what's happened is, though he would say probably quickly, yeah, I know it's not my fault. He didn't actually believe it. It was just rhetoric. But something happened in that moment. The reality that it was not his fault connected with his heart, and he broke. And this, a lot of times, these seasons are about God going, do you trust me? Yeah, God, I I trust you. Yeah, for sure. And then God gets a little closer and a little quieter. Do you trust me? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, right? Of course I do. And then he whispers a little quieter, a little deeper, but do you trust me? I'm trustworthy. Do you trust me? 
And over and over, God speaks these words. And many of us, when we stood back, and of course I trust you, begin to wither and begin to realize, no, and my panic in this moment of your quiet tells me that I don't trust you. And it's, it's that moment that God's going after because ultimately, at the end of the day, to seek him deeply by the Spirit means that you absolutely, and I mean that word, when I say absolutely, trust him. You've got to absolutely trust him when he tells you to spit in the ground and put mud in somebody's eyes that they would be healed. You've got to absolutely trust him when he says, go climb up on a cross and let him put nails in your hands, right? You've got to absolutely trust him regardless of what is happening. We saw that in Jesus. There was an absolute trust. And most of the time, the hiddenness of God is to refine trust in us. You say you trust me, but let me bring you a little deeper. I've seen that you trust me in this. Here's the reward. I want to teach you to trust me in the deeper things. So relax. Submit to the shelter of the Most High. He's teaching you how to trust Him. All right. I think that's quite uh, enough for today. I, let's see if there's anything else I wanted to... Okay, so just last encouragement. If you're experiencing a very tangible moment with God right now, enjoy it. Again, don't go, okay, now I have to be this sad hiddenness of God person, okay? Please don't do that. Enjoy the time with God. Just like you do in any relationship. If you, I mean, I can just, all I know is the best relationship I've ever had on the earth is with my wife, okay? So that relationship has had seasons. Seasons of, of really, like, good nearness where it's like, I couldn't do anything wrong. Now, those have been very short um, and brief, <laughs> But, right, there was just, you just, like, click. You're laughing all the time. And then there's seasons where there's tension and there's tough things that sit in between you two. And it's not a bad thing. It's because you're going deeper. It's because you just got down to another layer, right? And that takes a grind sometimes. Sometimes it's weeks and months of of a grind. It's hard to come to the table and look each other in the eye and have some of those difficult conversations. But that's a love relationship. And so if you're in one of those moments where you're on the honeymoon with God, enjoy it. Enjoy it. But look at me. If you're in one of those moments where you're going, I'm looking at my friend and they're on the honeymoon and I don't have a clue where I, I feel like I'm in the desert. You probably are. And it's okay. Relax and trust the Lord. He's teaching you something deep. He's teaching you about trust. He's teaching you something beyond feeling him. And he'll come back. He'll come back. You'll feel him again. It'll be wonderful. But let him teach you what he wants to teach you. Don't miss this opportunity to go deeper. Amen? All right, God, we just ask that you would teach us to submit. We just, that's what we want. That's what we all want. We want to, ultimately, we want to trust you. We don't want to just uh, idolize seasons of you being tangible or idolize you being hidden. We don't want to desire a season. We want to just desire you, God. We just want to be near you. And so if you want to be hidden from us, we just, we just ask that you would do it. We give you permission to do it. And if you're already doing it, we say, we'll give you a deep breath. It's okay. Have your way in us. If you're, God, in a moment where you're very tangible and we're on a honeymoon with you, God, we just thank you for that. We thank you that we serve a God that we can know personally, that we can feel, that we can be in love with. We thank you that you let us experience that as well. But we just ask that you would teach us to trust you deeper in Jesus' name. And they all said, Amen.